Thank you, Jan. The title of my reflection this morning, We Need Not Think Alike, is part of a famous quote attributed to Francis David, which is, we need not think alike to love alike. He actually borrowed the phrase from a sermon from the Methodist John Wesley, who framed the idea as a question, though we cannot think alike, may we not love alike. Unitarians and Methodists very clearly did not think alike at this time. And so I love how this phrase resonated with David so deeply. Francis David was the founder of the Unitarian Church of Transylvania and the healing figure of the non-Trinitarian movements during the, Pro the Protestant Reformation. So non-Trinitarian means not believing in God is three or the Trinity. He was the court preacher for King Sigismund and his then radical ideas about freedom of belief and as a Unitarian God, he influenced the king enough that Sigismund issued the Edict of Torda in 1568, when the Catholic Church was still declaring beliefs not approved by them as heresy. The edict declared that in the Eastern Hungarian kingdom over which Sigismund ruled, local communities could choose their pastors and it prohibited the persecution of individuals on religious ground. Now the edict only sanctioned the existence of four received denominations, the Catholic, Lutheran, Calvinist, and Unitarian churches. And it didn't actually acknowledge an individual's right to religious freedom. But even so, in sanctioning the existence of a radical Christian religion, which is what Unitarianism was, it was an unprecedented act of religious tolerance. There was a series of debates between the representatives of the Trinitarian and the anti-Trinitarian views after the edict was adopted. The king himself was biased toward the anti-Trinitarian preachers. Of course, his advisor was a Unitarian, but he said and upheld that religion could always be freely discussed in his realm. This is one of the basic foundations of today's Unitarian Universalism upon which has been built the idea of individual religious freedom. Our congregations covenant to affirm and promote a free and responsible search for truth and meaning for all of us. And when we couple that principle with others, with the inherent worth and dignity of every person and the interconnected web of which we're all a part, we have the ability to create a religious community which can hold people of a wide range of beliefs despite their differences. At our best, this is who we are as you use. It's what draws many people to our faith tradition, the idea that we can believe differently and still work together toward peace and justice is refreshing, it's compelling, and it's even liberating. I hear this over and over again from people who have left other faith traditions and from people who have never ascribed to one. I was one of those people 25 years ago. When I found Unitarian Universalism, I was so struck by the idea that I could be supported by a religious community while seeking my truth that I immediately signed up. And I found exactly that, a church home in which people encouraged my curiosity, and shared theirs with me, 
and nurtured me into leadership as well. There's a flip side to this, of course, just like everything else. There are people in Unitarianism, in Unitarian Universalism, who have been UU all of their lives, like many of our children and our youth and young adults. There are people who come from generations of Unitarians and Universalists, whose families have lived the histories that I have only heard about or read about. And even among those of us who have what they call come into our faith, there are wide differences in why we did so. Many of us seek healing from damage done in other faith communities, or simply a place where we can be who we are freely and openly. Many of us seek ways to work for justice with others. Many of us seek a community in which they can engage that spiritual journey for truth and meaning with support. I remember being in a membership team meeting at the congregation I attended before answering the call to ministry and coming here to serve James Reeb. We were talking about how we might engage our new members more deeply. Sound familiar? And someone suggested that we remember that people have come and then joined for a wide range of reasons. Another of our team members seemed kind of surprised to hear this. And she said something like, I come here because you use are about working for justice. Isn't that why we're all here? And I, you know, couldn't help responding. And believe it or not, what I said was something like, I'm not, I'm not here to work for justice. I'm here to work out and figure out what I believe. Now that journey eventually moved me into a deep conviction that what I believed did indeed call me to work for justice, but it took a while. Anyway, after we were both kind of flabbergasted at this difference between us, after having assumed that our church community was a place in which we thought alike. Sure, we believed different things about God and the sacred, but weren't we all united in we, what, what we wanted our community to be? Here's the thing. Both Ursula, that other woman, and I were centering ourselves. We were thinking of our own reasons for being part of our faith community and projecting them out onto others without any thought of our own social location. This can and often does, as it did in this case, lead to a false perception of unity. And when we hold this false perception of unity, we have a tendency to forget or really not even recognize that there are people in the community who hold the same reasons for needing this faith tradition, but are not seen or held or honored. So calls for unity can contribute to invisibilizing those of us who are not part of the center, not part of the same reason that many of us are here. The center that was built with loving care by white male heretics and seekers of religious freedom who generally didn't even think to consider that there might be people who didn't look like them, who needed the love and the grace offered by Unitarianism and universalism. It's the same way for our nation. The founders came with bold and noble ideas and built what they wanted to be a land of liberty and justice for all. 
But we understand now that when they said all, they didn't really mean all, don't we? And they did indeed build a land eventually called the United States, but not after, not until after they killed millions of people who already lived here by enslaving millions of others to build it. They did that by centering their own identities and desires and belief that their way was right and true, was manifest destiny. And by denying the humanity of those people and excluding them from their vision for the land they were building. And this attitude of colonialism has to be dismantled and healed before we can call for unity. Social location is an understanding of where you are in relationship to everyone else. And by extension, acknowledgement that you are not representative of all people. So this is where our wisdom reading comes in. Both Alex and Michael are deeply involved and invested in Unitarian Universalism. <clears throat> Excuse me. And both are members of marginalized bodies. Alex is white and genderqueer. Z is warm, open presence, a fabulous storyteller, a deep listener. Z loves children and can also often be found playing with community gatherings. When Alex is writing or speaking, Z brings an ability to name truths that are hard to hear with skill and compassion and deep, deep analysis. Michael is black. He preaches beautifully, reaching deeply into his heart space and sharing his deep love and wisdom. When in conversation, he's deeply focused on the other person or people, and he listens and speaks with deep care for them. Michael and Alex are among the co-founders of the Transforming Hearts Collective, an organizing ministry that helps to both co-create spaces of healing and spiritual resiliency for queer and trans non-binary folks and resource congregations in the work of radical welcome and culture shift. So this piece they created together about the beloved community came out of lived experience they've both had, of being deeply nurtured by beloved community that they have been part of building and of viewing what other UUs have thought of as beloved community from the outside. Black Lives of UU and Transforming Hearts Collective have been built recently in answer to that experience with deep intention by Black, Indigenous, other UUs of color and queer and transgender and non-binary UUs because of a deep need of people in marginalized communities that they recognize, Alex and Michael, that they recognize and share to be not just welcome, though welcome is wonderful, but also to be really seen for who they are and what they bring. And that's the thing. I've been part of communities that think of themselves as embracing or embodying or building the beloved community. And it feels good, doesn't it, to be part of a community building in that way, 
and identifying in that way. But just because it feels comfortable and safe to me doesn't mean it feels comfortable or safe to someone who holds a different identity. In fact, having it comfortable and safe to me practically guarantees that there are people out on those margins because of the presence of difference and how it can feel really uncomfortable to me. The presence of difference almost certainly means I have to learn to adapt my ways of thinking and my ways of being to make others feel welcome and seen. We need not think alike to love alike, Francis David interpreted from John Wesley. But I think it goes further than that. I think we need to even stop thinking that we need to love alike. And so I wonder, what would it mean if we didn't welcome people in spite of their differences, but because of them? To have as a goal to welcome the seeker and cultivate relationship, which we say in our relatively new mission statement and which we do really well, but to more deeply and intentionally welcome difference, to seek it out, to try to create a kind of unity that centers those who have been on the margins, which offers more than a welcoming, but a visibility and healing for all of us. So there is no more them and there is no more us. And to strive toward a unity of purpose, a unity of action that can come about as we all learn more about and from each other so that we can see so that we can acknowledge, so that we can love, and so that we can heal. I welcome conversations about what that might look like. And I have been, and we have been having those conversations. May we have more, and may we act with that unity of purpose and action. May it be so, and may we be so.